Welcome to the Breathing Deeply Yoga Therapy and Meditation Podcast. In this episode, we answer our students' questions and share information about yoga therapy and meditation with the intention of creating a new paradigm in wellness. Today's episode is a recording taken directly from a live Q&A session with Breathing Deeply founder Brant Pasalakwa and students of our Yoga Therapy Foundations program. Our first question is, how much time should I leave to transition between yoga therapy clients? Well, from experience, I found that sometimes you need, it's kind of client dependent, so um, sometimes I need 15 minutes. I don't think about it like... um, like how many people can I pack in to a, to a day, like the way a lot of therapists think about it. I mean, I have done it that way over the years. Um, when I did it that way, I would do 15 minutes, which because I work a lot with trauma and other kind of big subjects, um, I would try to kind of pad that out. So if I knew I had a client, um, that I could go any way, I would, I would leave like a half hour, which is really inefficient, but I don't mind. Yeah, when I was working in New York, I mean, I would do, sometimes I would stack them. So I would, you know, I would have someone for their knees and then like a hip and a back and those would have like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then like I'd eat lunch or something and then I'd have like big trauma person and then I'd have, you know, so I kind of like, you know, I messed around with my schedule a lot. Um, let's see, right now I'm doing a lot of Zoom clients and a lot of eating disorder people on my plate. Um, sometimes I've had to go uh, with as little as 10 minute breaks, mm-hmm. which is fine because they don't have to transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's been okay. It's not ideal for me because yeah. um, there's a lot going on with those clients. and um, But I've just sort of had to do it. So I, I would give it a minimum of 15 if you can do half an hour. Yeah. I mean, look, what do we all really want to do? We want to see two clients a day. Yeah. And, you know, do some yoga practice, meditate for a couple hours and call it a day, you know? Yeah. But, you know, it doesn't always work out that way. You know, you can't book yourself so much that you can't, you know, I've always considered it. I mean, and this is like maybe a little, I'm less like this now, but um, maybe I'm not. But I I used to have to really think to myself, like, okay, it's my job to like Mm -hmm. practice. It's my job, you know, to be, you know, I I don't have to do that so much because I just kind of do it now. But um, I used to have to really tell myself, you know. Like, okay, it's my job to meditate. That's my job to get my like asana practice in. Um, then I had kids and, you know, yeah. I got better at maybe doing less for myself and still being okay, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but but yeah, you, you do have to space it out. It's mostly about the clients having enough room. Mm-hmm. You know, um, sometimes it's really hard to manage those sessions perfectly down to the wire at like exactly an hour. So you really have to have a good sense of time, but then enough enough buffer. So I would say 15 minutes is like the minimum for that. What are the best methods to approach clients in a trauma sensitive way when you aren't sure of their trauma history? About it. So 
I never muscle test anyone I think has some sort of big trauma history ever. So that's number one. Yeah. Number two, because I'm not going to put someone on a table and start like pressing into their body parts if, it, if well, it's not. And, and the way I did, well, wait. And yeah. so the way I determine that mm-hmm. is if I'm like, okay, um, you know, I'll start with some a- some active muscle testing. So they're like, you know, and I'll ask permission to do that. And then I'll ask for permission. I'm like, would it be okay with you if I took a look at your structure, just being you standing over there? So I'm explaining everything I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time I've done those two things, I are I always know whether doing some sort of physical test is going to be a good or a bad idea or not. Okay. Cool. It should be completely obvious to you, but I'm going to tell you why. Because if you have any sense of this person being uncomfortable, you are not going to touch them. Like we rarely touch our clients. Yeah. Um, so, and if I really want to get a sense, let's say it's sort of borderline, I will say um, there's a couple of things that we could do on the mat that would help me out, but we don't have to do them, but that's comfortable for you. You could go on that mat over there and I'll, I'll show you a couple of poses. So I'll, I'll kind of do it like with a lot of space between us. Like, let's say have them do like a artist alabasana with each leg going up one at a time. And I'm sort of like evaluating whether that's like an even situation for them versus giving that resistance and, um, you know, doing it physically. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this has come up so much that I've actually toyed with taking this entire piece out, but I have decided that I'm not going to take stuff out that's not appropriate for trauma people because it's actually appropriate for a lot of people yeah. and it could be really useful. So, so the way, and I'm actually filming a piece of the foundation's course on trauma right now. Mm-hmm. So we're adding something because um, there's some gaps that we do in the advanced program and we realized we should sort of fix that up. Um, but the main thing is you should always be asking like for permission and a very, and, and then again, like we could do it this way, but there's another way. We could do it this way, but that's another way. Um, if someone's not like a hundred percent game, you know what I mean? Like when I mean a hundred percent, so I have a massage table in my, in my office that I use for that kind of stuff. So people don't have to get on the floor. And the people I end up doing with are like jumping on the table. You know what I mean? They're like totally body people. They don't have a big trauma history. It's fun for them. You know, even if they're in pain, like they have this sort of like, oh yeah, let's fix me attitude. If I'm not getting all those signals, I don't go near it. Okay. And that's, that's really the answer. So if there's, if you have a mental health client, you're not going to muscle test them. So the way you get surprised is this: someone comes in and they're like, oh, my back's killing me. You know, I have all these things. I'm like, okay, you know, I got an MRI. It doesn't seem like I have any pathologies. We're like, okay. Mm-hmm. So you start thinking like it's muscular. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to maybe muscle test, you know, use some of those techniques to help me figure out what's wrong. And, um, if you kind of forget that this person could have a trauma or mental health history that you don't know about, Mm -hmm. um, you could get surprised. So 
you know, one way to avoid that is on the intake, you know, ask them. Mm -hmm. They might not be totally forthcoming, but that's one part right. of it. And then the other part, and when you ask it, you say, um, you know, I'm asking you this because I just want you to be comfortable and safe. And that's part of one, one of my jobs. So it's not important what your trauma history is to me right now, but if you have one, it'd be good for me to know. So you, you, you always kind of like lay it out. And I've had people go, oh yeah, I have a trauma history. And then I don't even ask a follow-up question because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter, right? Because yeah. they're there for their back. But um, occasionally I'll say, well, we work with that too, if you ever want help with that. But I don't need to know about that right now, <laughs> you know? Um, and then we, you know, sort of keep going, but it's like you, you, you do everything you can, mm -hmm. you know, on the way. Um, I don't think I've ever, I think, you know, that's not true. I, a couple of times I've been sort of surprised. Mm -hmm. um, not in a long time actually, yeah. but I, I remember like early on, I think the places I made mistakes is like, I didn't really, you know, trauma sensitiveness wasn't really happening so much when I started, um, you know, people were still, grabbing people by the hips and lifting them off their yoga mat as a correction and you know what I mean doing that I mean even as I mean I went to a class like maybe six years ago where the woman came behind me and slid her hands into my inner thighs and then rolled my thighs out you know and she thought that was a completely reasonable thing to do that was kind of like a popular anasara kind of correction like they would like to like manipulate your body which you know isn't a big deal if you know the person and they're totally into it and you're just moving their thighs but you know <laughs> she didn't ask me <laughs> you know so it's pretty dicey um and that's of course all i was thinking i'm like you're lucky this is me you know um i did ask her to stop just because it was kind of a not very useful correction either um but But if you kind of are on a roll with physical stuff, um, you can get confused. I mean, it probably wouldn't happen to you as much. I was, a, I was a body worker. I mean, I did like medical massage. I did a ton of Thai massage and shiatsu. So I was like really used to touching people. And so it would take a like concerted effort, you know, to get out of that space. So if you, if you find yourself doing like, I don't know, just get on a roll doing backs and knees all day, you can forget all the trauma stuff. That's all I'm, I'm sharing. But like tons of consent and consent is asking and always giving them an, an option. So consent is not just asking. Um, different than, <laughs> different than consent, like, you know, I'm a teenager, you know, they teach in health class. It's like all about that, which is great, you know, and it's like, get a yes every everywhere you're gonna go, right? If you're like with somebody dating or whatever. But it's even more than that if you're like a yoga therapist. It's like, it's a yes to, I'd rather do this than that. Mm -hmm. You know, like I understand there's another way, but this way sounds fine to me. You know, that's how I do it. And that way I know that the person's made an active choice um, and doesn't feel in any way pressured or, put in a corner by my request like if you just say is it okay if i put you on this table 
and test your trapezius muscles. Mm-hmm. It's a yes or no question, right? And the person might feel, especially someone with a trauma history, might feel like um, that they can only answer yes. And it won't be till later that they realize that they should have said something else. So you have to say, say or, <laughs> you know, another way we could do it is X, Y, and Z, or not at all, or not, not either. So that's how I do it. Um, we talk about this a lot, super important, but I, I just want to say in conclusion, mm-hmm. well-intentioned people with a little bit of sensitivity to people's trauma do do really well. Yeah. So pretty much every statement when I'm in session is like, if it's okay with you, you know, it sort of starts with a, you know, we have a couple options here, or um, I was thinking we could try this. Um, and even like, I don't just ask permission for the um, for the thing I'm doing, but I also uh, I always explain why I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. So it's like really transparent. I'm not just saying like, is it okay with you if I touch your leg? Mm-hmm. You know, like that isn't really the question, right? Yeah. It's like, is it, this is what I'm trying to do. This is one way for me to get the information. There are some other ways. Um, what do you think? You know, we're, you know, we're sort of in collaboration and you're super safe because you, you are part of it. Um, which is also a way for you to just establish their agency in general, you know, whether they have a trauma history or not, you know, you don't want them thinking that you're just going to tell them to do things and they're going to do them. That's not really how we work. So, which is totally the opposite of yoga class just for, yeah something to chew on yoga classes like there's this big movement towards trauma sensitive yoga classes but honestly that is not very easy to do because it is kind of your job to tell people what to do (laughs) with their bodies i mean you can't spend the entire time getting permission from everyone in the class and giving them options so you know that is very challenging you know even like the consent cards like that they have with the red on one side and green on the other it's a great idea but as someone who's worked with a ton of people with like, especially sexual trauma, the chances they'll turn it red is low. So you're, you know, you can't assume that that green is permission. So it's complicated. Um, and it kind of irks me, like it's one of my pet peeves. I'm not supposed to be irked because I'm such a good yogi, but I am, I'm irked by the people who think they've solved the problem, you know? but they haven't solved the problem because people who have been violated don't know sometimes how to, you know, draw boundaries and protect themselves. And then that's really the issue, you know? I'm not teaching classes now, but when I taught classes, I would say every two or three classes, I would say, I just want to remind everyone that if there's anything you want to talk to me about in terms of how this class is working for you or anything that you don't feel comfortable with in this class, you can let me know, you can send me an email. I just want you to know I'm totally open to the feedback and uh, there won't be any repercussions from it or anything like that. And I would I would sort of sprinkle it in mm-hmm. now and then. So people, you know, it happens all the time. People like 50 classes in are like, you know, I really don't buy it. And I did, over the years, I would get an occasional email where someone would talk to me and I will tell you, those conversations taught me so much, mm-hmm. you know, because there would be something I did that that was not perfect, you know, and it gave me a chance, you know, it was really great. 
because it gave the person a chance to say, yeah, that thing's not working for me. You stand in the back of the room you're behind me. It's freaking me out, you know? <laughs> and I get to say, I'm really sorry. You know, it's like, I know I shouldn't do that yet. I do it anyway, you know, my bad. And then the person gets the experience of like standing up for themselves and having somebody like actually respond in a human way and like all this healing gets to go on. And then I get to be reminded, you know, that my pacing around the back of the room barking yoga orders wasn't good for some drama people. So maybe I should stay in the front, right? What is the best way to do muscle testing with a client over Zoom? Basically what I do is I have them do asanas and I just basically evaluate what they can do. So you have them do like joint frame movements like you would. And then the thing I add is just some asanas like holding a chair pose or, you know, so I have them doing like different things that require muscular strength, balancing on, you know, tree or, you know, even warrior three, you can see a lot going on, um, mm -hmm. you know, at a wall or something. So balance isn't the thing. So I, I basically, what you want to try to think about is, you know, what am I looking for and what muscle groups are going to be worked with that thing? And then like, sometimes you might say to yourself, does this person have any core strength? So, you know, have them do a plank, you know, and see what happens, <laughs> you know, after 20 seconds. So, but that's, that's what I do. I mean, it's not ideal, but honestly, um, you know, physical complaints, I do them online because I have to sometimes, um, but it's more, the people I'm doing with physical complaints are either asking for some basic advice or they're very advanced and just looking for like, they already have diagnoses and there's a lot of information there. Mm -hmm. um, so you're way better off doing that in person. Okay. I mean, I, I wouldn't try to make, set yourself up as somebody who works with like back pain online where you do want to be able to kind of see them and help them with their asanas and all those things, so. Most of my online work is mental health. Okay. Autoimmune diseases, and just things that, you know, I don't have to evaluate in that way. Um, I do do some scoliosis, that's not ideal, but since there's just not enough people who know how to do that, I do it, especially if it's kids. What is the benefit of strengthening muscles of focusing on alignment? That is why we're strengthening up weak structures instead mm -hmm. of doing like Iyengar style alignment because you can hurt them with the alignment. You will not hurt them by strengthening weak muscles. Right, okay. Right, so figure out what's weak, strengthen it up like crazy and see what happens, you know? Okay. And I would say probably 50% of the time you're gonna get a good result, even if you have scoliosis and a leg length discrepancy. And I'm just saying off the bat, you know, even if it's something complicated, people are gonna feel better, so. Mm -hmm. Um, that's what I would do because you're like, okay, that's all off. You do this, you know, lots of yoga therapy programs and other body stuff. I mean, you will spend a lot of time doing physical assessments, looking at alignment. And I have learned so much of that stuff. And I know, I really do know probably as much as anybody else on those subjects. And I've chosen not to do that after working with it for so long, because in the end, those weak muscles are the culprit. You know, they're holding the body in a certain position. And there's other things you can do that are more nuanced, like changing fascial structures and stuff. 
Thanks for listening to the Breathing Deeply Yoga Therapy and Meditation Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing, leaving a positive review, and sharing it with friends. For more information about our yoga therapy and meditation trainings and programs, visit breathingdeeply.com.